Welcome to Express Church Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We are a ministry of Arizona Message Ministry, the message to the number two dot US. And we are supported financially by Haribo Books, haribobooks.com. Make sure you go on there, buy some of the books that are there, donate them to your school, donate them to your church, donate them to your library so we can get the message of hope and the message of encouragement out. Enjoy the podcast. Welcome to the Express Church Podcast. Uh, I'm Reverend Stephen Zachary. I have, as my guest here today, I have both Lucas Zachary and Dr. Dennis Zachary. Welcome to the Express Church Podcast, guys. Thank you. Thank you. And we really want to just talk about, go a little deep dive and and really look at today's sermon, which was titled, What is Your Temperature? And kind of get what you feel out that came that you got out of it. And what are you going to do as you go forward with it? So, Lucas, I'm going to go with you first. What, what, what did you get out of it? What did you think about it? And what is it going to do? Uh, because God's word is good, but it's only good when we put it into action. So how are you going to put today's message into action? I think it's really important that we... Um that if we that we claim we're Christians, that we need to have that heart of Christ. Um, that we we pay attention to the teachings, and and that we're loving our neighbors uh, like we're loving ourselves. I think we have a tremendous amount of people, like you mentioned, in this country that they claim that they're Christians, but they they'll they'll walk over the top of uh, of homeless people on the street. Uh, they they. They have very little empathy for people not in their condition. Um, they seem uh, people seem to only have empathy for people around them, people nearby, people that they can immediately um, identify with. And I think that's not who our neighbor is. Our neighbor is somebody who might not look just like we look like. Um, and I think that's that that's a big part of it. Is we have to look at. I think I think we got to really reach outside of those people that don't look like us. I, I like I like how you said that, Lucas. I, and and for the for the listeners today, I'm hoping that you will go ahead and say that again. We sh- we need to reach out to who? The people that don't look like us, um, our neighbors that are not necessarily our immediate neighbors in our housing development or or in our nice neighborhood where we live. But there might be some neighbors around the corner, and 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 maybe one of the more gentrified areas of town um, that need our help just as much. Usually they're not far away, so it's still your neighbor, um, and we've got to find our neighbor. There you go. Dr. Zachary, I presume you see a bunch of your neighbors in your clinic in the hospital. Uh, how, how are we going to reach out to, to those folks that are in need? Well, I think that, first off, um, you know, you have a lot of people who are lukewarm don't recognize that they're lukewarm. And they think they're hot, but they are not. And uh, and so the one thing that we have to do is to help people open their eyes up to the fact that they're actually lukewarm and they're not hot for the Lord. And, I, I and that includes looking inside yourself and me looking inside myself and making sure I'm not a lukewarm individual. On that note, on that no- hold on a second, Doc. On that note, I remember what the bishop told me yesterday. And the bishop retired from uh, one of the gr- big pharmacy companies. And he said when he was, before he retired, when he walked into the pharmacy, 
somebody else had to validate his temperature. He couldn't just say, this is my temperature and I'm healthy. Do you see that happening as well? Yes, I think you, you might have hit the right on the head there. Most people are checking their own temperature and they're not having somebody else take their temperature and validating whether they are really hot for the Lord. That's it. And I think probably if you had to really go at where uh, where this needs to happen, um, you almost have to go to the um, to the uh, to the shepherds of these of of, of the uh, of the people because they're shepherding them and they are uh, and they're going to have to step outside themselves and, in order to shepherd their flock uh, so that they are not shepherding a lukewarm flock. Not only shepherding a lukewarm flock, but they got to, we, we actually, uh, I think you're calling out pastors like myself to make, hold other pastors accountable to make sure that we ask and we check and make sure each of us pastors are on fire for Christ. And, and as you said, you, you have to have somebody else check your temperature. You can't be checking your own temperature. You have to have somebody else check your temperature and validate that. And I think that's probably where it's going to have to come from. But the fear, the fear that always comes up is that, um, that some of the lukewarm will, will move away. They will not want to get on fire if you, if you go that way. And so, as you say, that then you have to accept the persecution that comes along with you getting on fire for the Lord. That, that's it. And, and we see too many churches that want to make sure that the members are not going to be offended by what they have to say. So we have lukewarm sermons in order for the congregation to feel comfortable, because when you begin to challenge the uh, people, then that's when they start getting upset. They go and switch churches. Uh, when we, if you want to start inviting a church, you know, they always say that Sunday is the most segregated day of the week. You know, maybe we need to start challenging our church leaders to be the ones that go about trying to bring other folks into their church as well. Actually having a ministry where we're bringing home, the, we, we have a homeless ministry where we go out to the homeless. Maybe we need to change that homeless ministry to go pick the homeless up to bring them inside the church. Mm. What you think, Lucas? I think you're right on there. I think that's right on the money. Um, uh, I think sometimes we do need to get off of our pedestal, get off of our soapbox, and get down there on the street, on the concrete where they're at, and, uh, and, and feel the same thing that the people are feeling. That's it. So, so now we're, we're looking at, at, again, what's your temperature? And how, how would you see, when you're looking at somebody, t- they're taking the temperature, how would you see and see the evidence that somebody is on fire for Christ? What would you like to see? Hmm. Um, gosh, I don't know. I, well, I... well, one of the first things is um, uh, the, the thing that you brought up initially was people ask, what can I do? Which is great, but how do you not know what you should be doing? And so you can tell the person who's hot and that they start to recognize what needs to be done. 
instead of sitting back saying, well, what can I do? Or, or, or saying, um, I've not done this, or I didn't do this, or things are better than they used to be. Those types of wording, or, or slow down, you're trying to go too fast. Oh man! Uh, be let, let me be talk. Patient. Let me talk about that. I see so you. You say some things that make me that want, make me want to think about that. Remember, we were talking about uh, progress and being on fire, and it just reminded me of I woke up this morning thinking about what Thurgood Marshall said in 1954 in the case of Brown versus Board of Education. The United States Supreme Court gave a, a this decision to desegregate the school in Topeka, Kansas. And so the, the NAACP attorneys were all gathered together when the decision came out and people were reading it and they started cheering. And then Thurgood Marshall, who was the lead attorney, stopped them. And they said, did you, did you really read this decision? And they're like, what are you talking about, Thurgood? He said, the Supreme Court said that desegregation should occur with all deliberate speed. And he said, did you hear what, what they said? Deliberate is slow. So the Supreme Court was giving us, giving them the privilege to desegregate deliberately, to, to slowly. And I think that we still have that problem here today when we're battling. How can we have 1973 is when the Roe versus Wade decision came out. I might start offending to some of the other folks now, but that's just what I'm just, we're just going to talk real. 1973, we are now in 2020, and we're still battling that issue of how it is that an unborn child cannot get the opportunity to live their God-given life. All deliberate speed. You, can, I don't think you can have all deliberate speed and be on fire for Jesus. That's just my personal opinion. Doc, I'm, I'm gonna go back to you since you you, you you had me change my mind and had me switch myself over when I started talking about deliberate speed. So yeah, so I mean that's you, you, your question was you know how how can you tell if somebody's on fire for the Lord? You can you can tell by acting, you know what they're doing and the words that come out of their mouth. And you know there are you know everybody's got their ministry, everybody's got their calling. Everybody's got what God want, put them on this planet to do. And are they doing what God put them on this planet to do with fire, energy, with determination? You know, are you taking care of all the people that God puts in front of you? Are you taking care of all the people the same way that God puts in front of you? And this goes all the way back to the person when you go into the, 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 the gas station. How do you treat that person if they gave you the wrong amount of money? What did you do there? You know, what did you do with the with the uh, person server who served you? you know, all these things. How do you look at your brother? How do you look at the at the homeless guy? Do you look down at him? Do you sneer at him? And so all these things. And then and then and then you got to bring it into where the meat and the crux of things are because it's a political year, you know. And how are you behaving as uh, in during this political time? You know, are you on fire for the Lord or are you just on fire for the power of your party? So I mean, that's what that's what I see. And I think that everything you can measure, you can measure temperature against. I mean, how do you know what do you how do you how do you know what is the right temperature? So 
uh, humans temperature normal 96 to 100.4 everything's okay there maybe even down to 95 that's all okay 95 to 100.4 all that's okay how do you know that that's the right temperature so how do you know what's the right temperature that we should be doing and then that's got to take you right back to the direction which is bible will tell you where what temperature you should have what you should be doing you know what did Jesus do under those circumstances? And then, um, then you know, some of the sacred traditions are great, but you have to be careful that the sacred traditions aren't lukewarm. There you go. Go ahead, Lucas. Um, I, I think you guys, I think you guys covered that really, really nicely. Um, uh, my dad just said. I mean, you, uh, I think. Uh, you, you do. You have to get into your Bible and, and you have to figure out uh, how to read the temperature in the first place. And then I think you guys made some really good points how you need to have an outside verification of your temperature. You can walk around saying you're the greatest thing in the world. But, I mean, to be honest with you, if you can't validate that with nobody else, it ain't true. Oh, man. You, you, you trying to speak some truth on a Sunday here? If you can't validate, if somebody else can't validate your temperature, but I think it's, I think it's kind of interesting what the doctor said, and that was that there is a range of normal temperature. So I can see that you can have the same situation where somebody who is one hundred point two is looking at somebody that's 95.8 and saying you're not on fire. Mm. So how do we how do we know what that what the range is for being on fire because I was outlining we have homeless vets, we have women sold into sex slave, we have uh police brutality, we have uh, pl- uh attacks on police. We have government officials who are corrupt. We have business leaders who are corrupt. We have so many, so much evil going on in the world. How do you go about uh, deciding what your temperature is in that re- in each one? And Doc, we're gonna, we're gonna get to medical. Give me a little medical analysis on on ninety five point five until. Uh, one oh, what is it? One oh, what? One hundred point four. So that one fifteen that I registered wasn't right. That was not. Was not. That was not right. That was not in the range that you need to do. <laughs> so, so that's the normal range, and so uh, that's what that's what we got to, and and that I think that's easily uh, easily seen uh, because it's scripture will will answer all those questions. You know what. You know, are you in the range? And it tells you what did you do for the the homeless? What did you do for the poor? What did you do for the widow? What did you do for the orphan? What did you do for these the least of my brothers? Did you give them something to drink? Did you give them shelter? Did you give them food? Did you take them into your house? Did you do all these things? And if you're not, you're not in the right temperature. So, you know, well, what did you do with the alien? Well, what did you do? What'd you do with the uh, Hispanic people that are in this country? What'd you do? So you're, which are you trying to tell me that my check that I write write to the church isn't enough? <laughs> <laughs> so actually, actually, um, 
there's so so the church goes out and does some of the legwork because you're at work. So yes, your church, your check, <laughs> particularly if it's going to come on now, now, now. You send it to the pastor. No, because the church are your legs, and the church reaches further places than you can reach. And so if you have a church that's doing ministries like that, then that's great. And you should support your church so that they can go out and do that because they have legs to do it. But uh, is that the only thing you did? All right. What did you do for the rest of your time after you wrote that check out? You know, what did you do when you were driving in your car and somebody passed in front of you and you thought they cut you off? What did you do? How did you act? What was your? What did you do? Uh, how are you raising your kids? What are you telling them? What are you telling the people around you? What sort of actions are you having? Just yes, you, the the check you did do something with it, particularly if it's if if that church is on is on fire for the Lord and doing those things. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, there's lots of organizations that do a lot of great things across the country, give, feeding people, giving them fresh water to drink building houses for people to live in. And yes, you should support those with your check and you should send it over there. But your actions that you do with the people that God puts in front of you every day, that's where you got to be on fire. All right. So we, we, a couple of things I'm looking at. First of all, uh, there's so many people that, that refuse to even give their tithes. And I know I saw, I was reading today in, in the message where Jesus said, you give a tenth of everything you have, but you deny justice and love. You should not ignore the latter while still doing the former. So what I'm looking at what Jesus was saying to them is they were halfway there. They were halfway home. You give your tithes and the ministry is still doing what they're supposed to be doing, but that's only half the job. The other half is what can you do from your end as well? So I think that the from what the doctor you're trying to tell me is I'm taking away from what you're saying is that the first thing that we have to do is we have to be willing to give our tithes, make sure that our tithes are going to serving God's community and not going to build up buildings and build up pastor's salaries and and you know even though that the pastors need to live too, but when when we have multi-million and multi-billion dollar uh ministries that are going into people's pocket while justice and love are being denied. That's where I think people have a lot of problems. Yeah, I'm going to totally agree with you there and, and kind of touch on what my dad said. And, uh, um, you know, yes, you do need to give your tithing to the church, but I think it's also really important to remember that when you're sending that check out, you need to be making sure you're sending that check to somebody who's doing the Lord's work and not just sending your check to, you know, whatever uh, your preferred supper club is. Right. But you also you also need to make sure that that's not an excuse for you not to send it. Correct. So we have a whole lot of folks that say, well, I'm not paying tithes because I don't like the way what they're doing with it. Mm. So if you don't if and, I, and to those folks that say that, I'm going to say it this way. If you don't like what your church is doing with your tithes, you're at the wrong church. Mm-hmm. Right. And, 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 you know, people ask me that, too, because I'm a big tither and I think you should give, you know, take 10 percent of your gross before government takes your taxes, before you pay your your house note or whatever else you need to do. 
you need to go ahead and give you you need to tie that. And and people say, well, you know, how do you know it's going to go for any? It's going for good. And I tell them that's not my responsibility. They have to answer for that. That's on them, and they got to go before the judgment seat on what they did with my tithing. If I'm holding on to my tithing, God can God can do a whole lot of stuff to people that aren't using my tithing properly and tighten them up. Yep. If, I want- I, if I don't send it in, there's nothing they can. The God, what can God do? It's on me then. If it's not, once I write the check out, it's not on me anymore. Yep. The, the, so the church that came on today, the third Sunday, Solera Desert Mountain Bible Fellowship. That church started about, as I said, about a, it started like 14 years ago. I started with them preaching one Sunday a month, and the uh, the and what so what happened was they it started out in a house. It uh, we got to the situation where it started in a house, started with just a few people, and it's built up to now to about 50 people, and each year they've had more money then they know what to do with, which is amazing statement and testimony of a church. And what, what they do is they gauge themselves by saying at the end of the year, we want to have no more than this amount of money in the bank. And I remember one year, the person, the late Dr. Chuck Scott said, I got to call an emergency meeting of the church. And everybody's like, oh, man, you know when they call an emergency meeting of the church? You know, mm-hmm. something usually is bad that happened. But in this situation, they called an emergency meeting in the church because they had too much money in the bank. See, that's what <laughs> that's the ministries that we need to make sure we support are ones that have too much money and they don't know what to do with. And so, at the, so what they did is they supported a ministry that built a well in Africa. So, there, so that's you know we sh- we, I, we have enough we have more money. Everybody believes that we're such a wealth wealth wealthy country that we have so much money the wealthiest country in the history of the the world it could be debated to that but if we do and if we're everybody's paying their tithes we should be we should not have homelessness going on in america oh of course not in fact in fact i've heard that uh if uh, if christians tied 10 percent of their growth that there would be no hungry people on land well and if we and if we looked at the resources that God has given us and shared it instead of hoarding it. You know, you look at, at how many fish in the sea and birds in the sky and why can't we find some and, 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 and plants, you know, how could we, how much are we wasting each year? Lucas, you're, you're I don't want to call you out, but you've been in the restaurant industry for, I'm going to say 20 years. And I know that I know a plate or two has been wasted and you're in at least one of the restaurants you worked in. Absolutely. So some of the uh, uh, some of the uh, uh, restaurants have have, uh, have gone to uh, making meals because there's a lot of leftover food at the end of the day. Making meals for uh, people for for for, uh, uh, for homeless and for people who are hungry. Uh, they'll make a little meal and they put it in a little container. And then they'll drop those things off. And so it'll be like a meal. Uh, yeah. The uh, restaurants down here, I mean, uh, uh, in Iowa, in Des Moines, that are doing that. I'm, you guys probably are. Yeah. yeah. No, we are. We're, 
do that same thing. So that that is one of the ways that they are doing that and end up giving that away, which is good. Uh, and that's just got to keep on going. Uh, so same thing when you were talking about that church. I think each one of us at the end of the year should look at how much money we made. And then we should look at how much money we gave. And then see if we don't have a little extra money in the bank that should be going somewhere else. There we go. You should do that. One of the- a, a guy, a, a guy uh, who I met, sometimes you just got to be around people who are, and, and listen to people who God sends your way to talk to you. Uh, a guy uh, who used to live here in Des Moines, doesn't live here anymore, but we were going to church at the same place. And he mentioned to me that uh, when he gets his bonuses every year, when he gets his bonuses, that's what he uses to tithe with. And so when his bonuses come in, he says, I can, I, I, because I don't, not expecting it. I'm not expecting it. It's not what I'm living off of. So when my bonus comes in, then I can tithe that. It, it opens up my, uh, my ability to tithe when I get my bonus. Hey, we, we might have to, we might have to send that guy the, the, uh, the link to Miracle Mentality. If he's not expecting a bonus and he's giving that bonus to serve God, his his miracle mentality is a little bit low. No, probably the reason why he says this because my my not, once I started doing that, my my bonuses started looking better. <laughs> That's right, and it's like, oh shoot, I I didn't know I was going to get this much money. Does Jesus really need that much? I'm gonna give him what I gave him last year. That it looked like it was all right last year, so I'm just gonna siphon off the rest of it. <laughs> so one of the things that I do, and I'm going to try one of these Sundays, I'm going to preach on it. It's called Pay It Forward Friday. And every Friday, if I go into a store, I always try to leave extra money. And I tell the cashier that what I want you to do is I want you to hold this money during your day. And when you feel somebody that you believe needs to be blessed by it, it needs to have a cup of coffee bought for them have some of their groceries paid for, take this money and say, hey, there was somebody who was in here today and wants to pay it forward. So your your coffee is on the house today. And, and one pl- I was in one place and I left, I think it was it's only like $5. I left $5 and I said, hey, buy somebody a cup of coffee. This is pay it forward Friday. And a bunch of people around it and they're like, wow, that is really nice. And I'm thinking to myself, wow, wow, that is really nice. It is, but that should be the norm. And so what I'm going to try to do is keep on uh, inviting other people to do Pay It Forward Friday. If you got an extra five bucks, you're getting some change back. Oh, don't worry about the change. Here's your tip, but here's an extra $5. Here's an extra $10. You wait, because then what it does is it requires the service people to be in tuned to the needs of the neighbor so that they then can they then can um, be the ones who are looking at their neighbor, even though they're paying it forward to me. Like doctor said, everybody's got to be the legs. We're all the body of Christ. And so I can't see everybody in need. But if I can give my five dollars to the cashier and, or my five dollars for the wait staff, or see a military person or a police officer and give extra and say, hey, how about if I take their pay for their their meal? This is pay it forward Friday. If we do those things, then we're going to start having a situation where each. Can you imagine if everybody who has the means just left five or ten dollars for somebody who, who walked past who needed it 
somebody who is in distress. And you can tell, Lucas, you're in, you're in the hospitality industry. You can tell when somebody comes in in distress, can't you? Uh, without a doubt. Um, I think that's a really brilliant thing, how you said that, how, how you're putting it into the hands uh, uh, of that person. And you, with that simple $5, um, you open that person. It matters if that you open that person's eyes like you said their neighbor so that you can, so that they can see them. And you can enough people doing that and, and, and this thing will spread. You'll have to call it, you'll, you'll, you'll have to call it a whole nother virus because everybody will have a, a high temperature for Jesus. Oh, they have a, that'd be the, that's the virus we should have, huh? We should, we should we should have that Holy Ghost virus that's spreading wild. We have about a, a minute left, Doc. What do you have? What's your your closing remarks to the audience? Well, closing remarks to the audience is love the Lord your God with all your mind. There you go, and Lucas. Love your yourself. Isn't that how it goes? <laughs> You're trying to tell Jesus. Jesus said, "Upon that hinges all the laws and the prophet." Just look out at your neighbor, sharing that love. I think I want to add, did I just say I want to add to what Jesus said? All right, so y'all going to have to pray for me if I say I'm going to add what Jesus had to say. What I think that we need to do is we need to be in tune. We need to be in tune. We need to let the Holy Ghost, if we're on Holy Ghost fire, that means we're directed by the Holy Ghost. And if you're directed by the Holy Ghost, then that's the Holy Ghost is the one that's directing you, guiding you. That's the one that's going to say, hey, this is the person that we're going to pay it forward to. This is the person who needs it here today. This is our first podcast. We're going to be working out some bugs, trying to get it together. But I want to thank everybody for tuning in, staying with us, whether we have a little scratch. And we'll see you next time. Thanks. Thank you for listening today. Thank you to all our guests. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel, Stephen Zachary Minister Gilbert, the Arizona Message Ministry on Facebook. And feel free to send me an email to the message2.us or to my private website, stephenzachary.com. Thank you to Haribo Books for supporting us. That's haribobooks.com. Look forward to seeing you next week. Thanks.